Welcome to Bitch Intense, the Entertainment Movie Pitching Podcast, and today the video game pitching podcast once again, specifically Pokemon again, who could have called it? Uh, and today we're going to be pitching our ideas for a Pokemon spin-off game. Not what we said we were originally going to do, admittedly, but uh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Darren. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, Region I... 3 will will come eventually i guess <laughs> i think so but we may need to kind of abandon it so basically uh, we've explained this before the plan was we i got a list of the like 100 least populated countries in the world we thought you know we pick all the big ones we've picked uh new zealand i can do this new zealand canada south africa and russia previously so big yeah. well-known countries with lots of culture to dig into lots of native animals etc i thought it'd be fun to then do one on the 100 least populated places uh, you got Cyprus, um, after Which, originally you know, pulling Antigua and Barbuda out of the hat. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been giving me even less. And I'll be honest, yeah. I got as far as the Halloumi Pokemon and stopped. <laughs> well, I think Cyprus compared to what I got is actually like there's there's stuff you can do there. Cyprus has had a lot of like stuff happen on it, whereas compared to uh, Samoa. Which kind of hasn't. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not saying, please do not take this wrong. I'm sure it's a very deep and rich country by its own right. But in terms of helping to build a Pokemon thing, being an isolated island nation with very, very little in the way of native fauna and fauna, that makes it difficult to make Pokemon. I have got some ideas that I eventually got through. I've got actually a fair amount of ideas. I had all my starters done, uh, and a few of the, like the staple Pokemon, but. And I was actually pretty proud of them. They were pretty, like, ingrained in that kind of gala style into the, the place where it's taking place. But I have written exactly zero words on story because I could not think of anything <laughs> at all. So That was the pitch we didn't do. Yes. So instead we pivoted, largely yes. because Pokemon pivoted. Um, <laughs> we willed something into existence again. Me. Did, aren't we great? So off the back of already getting Pokemon Snap 2, um, they then obviously announced pretty soon after that that we were getting Pokemon Legends Arceus. So, fantastic. Yep. And we then I don't know how we managed it, frankly. No, yeah, we literally did, again, will that into existence by kind of discussing, well, isn't it funny that Arceus, and yes, I do use the names interchangeably, um, doesn't have a game <laughs> to itself and doesn't matter to the lore. And then maybe two weeks later, Arceus mattered a lot to the lore all of a sudden, so... Mm. you're welcome so we thought well let's pivot then let's instead of you know torturing ourselves trying to come up with these pokemon regions that we ourselves have put ourselves into those positions let's pitch a pokemon spin-off game um now we've kind of gone down different routes which will become apparent over the next episode or two of how we're going to go about this um i've got a i've i've been sitting on mine for about two months and um, just FYI, we are recording this over Skype. We had planned to do everything in person, but I'm unfortunately self-isolating at the moment. But I kind of really wanted to get this out in the open. It's been sat there for a while, and I'm like, I don't want to lose my enthusiasm for it. So um, that may have forced Michael's hand slightly. Sorry about that. It has a little bit, um, because I've... I'll put it this way, August has now become the busiest month in my calendar, which was not a good combination for these things because I really wanted to put as much effort as I could into this. Um, unfortunately, the laundry list of things I've had to do could be its own verse in We Didn't Start the Fire. So <laughs> didn't put as much time into this as I would have liked. However, I'm willing to do what we did in previous pitches where it's like, we'll workshop it as we go through. Yes. Because um, I, 
it's the core concept is is there and i don't know if you even like the kind of game i'm pitching but let's see what comes out of it that'd be interesting mm-hmm. it'd be good hopefully fingers crossed what order are we going in well first of all let's talk about the new information that we got i know oh, it's a fuck, yeah right. <laughs> yeah the, the 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 new arceus 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 trailer that one let's call the whole thing off um <laughs> yeah so well <laughs> this is the problem i mean that meme of the guy with his girlfriend looking back at the hotter woman has never been more true than it is for Pokemon Legends Arceus and Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. Because uh, genuinely, Michael, I don't think I'm going to bother. There's kind of, I mean, it's like, do, do you remember this game? It sure looks like a shinier version of that game with nothing uh-huh. new added. Like, thanks. I get, oh, wait, no, costumes. They've oh, added some costumes. Sweet. Like, the the whole. Tra- every time they try and do a, like a new trailer for it, they for some reason pair it up with a new piece of information for the Pokemon Legends game, and it just blows it out the fucking water. Like they showed off all the remake stuff, and it doesn't look like it's gonna do what Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire did, and kind of steal from whichever current gen game is next to it and bring some of that stuff in. In that they've had no confirmation of uh, Gigantamax being added. Um, we have no real kind of, you know, we we know the graphic fidelity isn't going the same way that Sword and Shield do. You said they're going for like the chibi look, and just everything they're announcing about that game it gets me less excited. Like, oh, good, the Pokemon Underground's back. Everyone fucking loved the Pokemon Underground just as much <laughs> as they love Pokemon contests. Fucking a. <laughs> there really was a lot of stuff in uh, <laughs> in those fucking games, wasn't there? A lot of yeah. stuff that nobody bothered with as well. It's not. It's not. I mean, apart from like in Platinum, you had the World Tournament. That was fucking cool. Um, and you know, I think Did what you? people actually say that it? was black and that was black and white too, not Platinum. I thought Platinum had the World Tournament in it. No. Oh, so. okay. Fuck it then. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there was a bunch of cut content from Diamond and Pearl. I mean. The, the the highest the apex of that being Arceus himself yeah who is who never got realized but you know like the shaman event the dark cry event all of this stuff i think that's what people want to see they don't want to see we made it again but chibi like the point of of the remakes you know like omega ruby alpha sapphire added a bunch of shit in made it interesting made the the region noticeably different we're not getting that in uh brilliant diamond and the shining pearl which is what makes Legends Arceus all the more interesting. Because, like, we're not getting new Pokemon with Brilliant Diamond and um, fucking Diamond and Pearl. I can't remember to remember which way around it goes. So, for the purposes of, well, for our purposes of kind of completing the Pokedex, we have nothing to gain from that game. We already have all the Sinnoh Pokemon, unless they're doing, like, new Rotom forms or whatever. Didn't like we're going to be getting anything from that. However... They then immediately don't show the trailer for Pokemon Ar- Arceus Legends and gave us two new forms and two new evolutions. So, yep. <laughs> like, what are they doing? It's such like Diamond and Pearl remakes are such like an obligation, like something they have to do. Oh, they did not want to do it, did they? No, fuck no. <laughs> so they've just shitted it out to like they've just like passed the book like, oh, fuck it, you do it. We've got this new toy we want to play with. You fucking do the remakes. We don't care. <laughs> We bothered to make a new engine. Please let us do something with exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So I, I have nothing to say about Brendan and Shining Pearl. I, I can't even. I, don't, I can't even say I'm whelmed. I'm not even under or over or regularly whelmed. 
I'll pro. I'll tell you what, the only reason I would buy it um, is if we immediately went into a Nuzlocke run. Like, the our first playthrough was a Nuzlocke. Ooh, that, that might be fun. Maybe, be it's like, uh, maybe something for charity or something. I don't know. Either way, that'd be cool. That would mm. be nice. Um, but then, you know, you broke your one rule and played Pokemon Kaizo, so I feel like we should oh. be playing a, a randomizer thing now. I know. I have I've paid for my sins. I've hit an absolute brick wall at gym one. Um, wow. Oh, Roxanne, Roxanne brings the fucking thunder all of a sudden. Full <laughs> team of six. She's got a leap that won't die. And, you know, I've got options and I can grind relatively fast, but just, oh, oh, it's a nose pass that self-structs on turn one. What's that shit? Anyway. <laughs> um, so that's, that's gym one. So... <laughs> Uh, Self-destructs on turn one. Yeah, literally, I'll set out my slow poker. Right, I'm going to put this thing to sleep. I'll bubble beam it to death. They've all got berries. It's fine. I can deal with it. And it just immediately blew up in my face. I was like, right, turning this off for today. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> I'm paying for my sins. I'm paying for my sins, Michael. So it's fine. Um, so now you're going to break that rule. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing you said, man, was so good. Anyway, talk less about our WhatsApp conversations, more about the pitches. Unless there's anything else you wanted to say about Legends Arceus other than it looks great and why can't I have it now? Yeah, basically. The, I mean, of all the new things they've shown off, the the um, they've already done like, the in-depth, which is why these four Pokemon are resonant to ancient Hokkaido area Japan. Like, they all thematically fit, so they've gone with that kind of new impetus on, like, you know, the Pokemon have to be, like, fucking triple layer baked into the region they're from. I, so, I could not tell you how amazing it is to hear. The, not only we've decided to do a Basculin evolution, because yes. who the fuck gave a shit about Basculin, but also the way it evolves is by absorbing the souls of its fallen fucking comrades. Like, what oh, is this? It's metal as fuck, right? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, oh wow fucking cool and we still haven't seen what the blue one looks like which always had a bit more side eye so that's going to be sassy as fuck and it's um, a rideable pokemon because those are in yep we've got the new stantler evolution which just looks like monochrome stantler with a bit of a beard <laughs> <laughs> like considering the amount of emphasis they put into bascule legion they don't seem to have done that for weird deer at all that is just <laughs> stantler <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is Stantler if he's in Pokemon Unite and you've put a new costume, like a festive costume on him. That's literally it. Um, Christmas form. <laughs> exactly. We've got um, Heusian. How are we saying the region? Because it's not uh, Sinnoh. So the the region now, Hisui. Um, Hisui. So I think go. it's Hisuian or Hisuian. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I'll go with Hisuian. Hisuian Growlithe. Yes. Who looks... Mighty fine. No sign of Hesarian um, Arcanine, so maybe it's going to be a Divergent Evolution. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> dope. Uh, and Hesarian Braviary, which is cool. Braviary's always been a bit vanilla for my taste, so this anything that makes it a bit more interesting, um, especially compared to Mandibus, is all good. So yeah, just like it, it's almost tempting me. We're going to come, you know, when we get to the end of the year, we'll do a preview. And I usually say like, what game do you want to play? And I thought, oh, locked in, it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2. Eh? <laughs> I'm, I'm wavering a little bit, because wow. I know what I'm getting with Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. I know I'm going to enjoy that tasty treat. This one, there's still some things that I'm a bit like, ooh, that new battle style, like, I don't know. like. Oh, I think that's so cool. That's so cool. They finally, they, they've made a different game. They've made a game. Yeah, I know. 
holy shit like that battle system the, the strong style and speed style which the moment i saw strong style i thought darren's gonna bring a wrestling into this of course i'm gonna bring wrestling into this it's gonna yeah. be just i'm gonna be i'm gonna oh i can dress myself as shinsuke it would be thematically <laughs> relevant to run around as shinsuke nakamura fantastic <laughs> i love this and i'll only ever do strong style wonderbar um fantastic well you've sold me on this game see what i mean like every time i think about it more i'm like it's better for the world but with pokemon that is the sexiest video game pitch sentence we could ever do nothing we are we could ever pitch or are about to pitch could be as sexy as that sentence we should know you've already kind of pitched this game again world you're welcome <laughs> the uh what what was that was the thing i forgot oh did you see this theory going around about the game at the moment no um all of the Pokemon that have been included in this game that have either got different forms or are uh, evolutions are not Pokemon that are new Sinnoh Pokemon. So everything that's, that's, I mean, obviously things that get like a, you know, a, a Syrian form, you know, that's fine. That's one oh, thing. Yeah. But Basculin, Stantler, not native to Sinnoh, and now I've got Sinnoh-based evolutions. Mm-hmm. People are thinking, does that mean... Rowlet, Cyndaquil, and Oshawa are getting the same treatment. That makes me... Emergent starters. That makes me very excited. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Maybe we're getting our hopes up too much here, but, you know. That's a hell of a point. Oh, wow. Okay, see, every time you think about this game, you get more excited, and every time you think about Diamond and Pearl remakes, you get a little bit sadder. <laughs> we aren't the, the fans of the uh, the DS games only waited what how many years and yeah. Uh, yeah. it's now the least interesting thing the Pokemon Company are doing. <laughs> oh no! How has that happened so quickly? I, I don't care. I don't care. Like if if they had to sacrifice the Diamond because it's not my favorite gen. I'd say it's definitely on the lower tier of things. Like yeah, it's going to be cool to see Chibi Distortion World. Um, <laughs> Chibi Symphia was a hell of a thing, so, you know, um, and all that jazz. But if we had to sacrifice that, like, because I so much more prefer both games on either side of it. Gen 3 and Gen 5 shit all over Gen 4, in my opinion. But yeah, if they have to sacrifice that to give us this, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm more not my than money, okay so fucking knock yourself out. Anyway. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. That's, that's the game we are getting. Let's talk about some games we're not getting, maybe. Who knows? I, I mean, a Track Retro has been pretty good recently, Michael. For, yep. Especially when it comes to Pokemon specifically. So who knows? You might be playing these games soon. Um, yes, we're going to now talk about uh, our own ideas for Pokemon spin-off games. Uh, Michael, due to me robbing of him of time, he's going to kick us off today. Uh, and then I'm going to talk through my baby. Um, so, uh, without any further ado, over to you. Let's talk about the idea that I had, and I'll be real with you, it was the one idea I had. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I thought, like, that's the game I want to make, and uh, I just ran with it. Um, and I, I'm so annoyed that there exists a perfect title for this that I can't now use. I'm just so annoyed. And I, I, I was like, I wrote it down and I was like, I was going to start this pitch with playing uh, Conquest by uh, the White Stripes. Just to have the booze like, Conquest! And be like, yes, that would be the best thing. Um, Pokemon Conquest is already a game. 
Uh, it's not in Japan, obviously, because uh, that's over there. It was called uh, Pokemon Cross Nobunaga's Ambition. Uh, and that robbed me of all the wind in my sails. And maybe that's why I didn't finish the fucking pitch. <laughs> um, so so it's not Pokemon Conquest as I would have wanted. Uh, instead, I'm pitching a game called Pokemon Duelists. Um, I actually already have the Japanese title ready to go as well. Because you know that the Japanese get a better title than the Western on almost every fucking Pokemon game. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> Japanese title is Poke Musu Chiki no Shototsu, which literally means Pokemon Warriors or Pokemon Unrivaled Clash of Regions. Um, here's the thing, right? Koei Tecmo have driven their series into the fucking ground. There is nothing good about original Koei Tecmo games anymore. I was a huge fan, and I mean like a ridiculously huge fan of the Dynasty Warriors series, and then later of the Samurai Warriors series, and then later of the Warriors Orochi series. And then something changed around the time of Warriors Orochi 3, um, and they stopped being good. Dynasty Warriors 9 was an open-world mess. Samurai Warriors 5 has had half of its characters ripped out, and now everybody uses the same weapons. I don't know why. Warriors Orochi 4 was a bloated mess and had to be fixed three times before it was worth buying. So that's one side of Koei Tecmo. On the other side of Koei Tecmo, Hyrule Warriors specifically... Well, actually, no, both games are really fucking good. Uh, the One Piece series, really good. The Gundam series, really good. The They did one for, like, random-ass fucking... Like, they did Attack on Titan and Saint Seiya and... Oh, God, loads of things. Um, Fist and North Star, and they get them right. When Koei Tecmo are allowed to do licenses, they get it bang fucking on. And that's what I'm pitching here. I'm, I'm basically pitching Pokemon Warriors. But Pokemon Warriors is dumb. It's a dumb title. So Pokemon Duelists. And it's fed into uh, all the mechanics of the game and into the story of the game as well. Because this is a mixture of the Warrior series... Um, a game called Bladestorm, which I'm going to be showing you in just a moment, and Star Wars Battlefront. Hello. <laughs> Let me explain. Uh, in Pokemon Duelists, you play as a duelist, spelled D, like D-U-A-L. Oh. Duel, so as in... Yes. It's not Yugimoto. No. <laughs> oh, damn it. I thought I was going to get to be Seto. Oh. <laughs> it is time to do the duel, though, in the sense that you play as a number of characters with a partner Pokemon. You don't pick a... So, like, in Dynasty Warriors, you can choose to pick, like, a character, like, so, Zhang Fei or Guan Yu. In this game, you are playing as a, a anime character mm -hmm. and their partner Pokemon. Right. Now, here's, you have to breach something with this concept, which is, you know, they did the Pokemon fighting game. They did Pokemon Tekken, and they had to have the Pokemon beating the shit out of each other. Mm -hmm. But they they managed to make it look like a Pokemon battle. With this, you can't exactly have the trainers in, in this, obviously, but in this you're playing as a duelist, um, going in and twatting Pokemon with a sword. It's not going to work. So this is why you pick a a character and a Pokemon. Not with that attitude. <laughs> Perhaps not. Um, duelists aren't trainers. That's something I think I should I should say up front. Mm -hmm. uh, trainers are people that you know 
have Pokemon competitively for battle and form a bond with them. Duelists have a partner Pokemon and then have... I, I didn't actually finalize the, the look of this device because this game is set 3,000 years before modern history. Um, but think of Sheikah Tech. That's the only thing I can I can like compare it to. And also, did you play uh, any of the Pokemon Ranger games? Uh, I did not. Um, in the Pokemon Ranger games, you basically spun a top around which Pokemon you wanted to control yeah. and help yeah, you. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like that in an essence, except you haven't got to spin something round and you know drag the game to a halt. It's like a, it's more like a big whistle, and you can like grab Pokemon, different Pokemon to use. Um, you there are two main characters, um, so these are the characters you start the game off with, and then you unlock more characters as you go along. Uh, you have, and this will probably key you in as to what the story is now, Darren, if you hadn't already figured it out. Um, so three thousand years ago, there was a war in Kalos. Um, it's not been specified who this war was with. There's been many theories. My favourite theory is that it's with Gala, so that's what we're doing. Uh, we're doing the Pokemon War between Kalos and Gala. We're basing it on the Hundred Years' War, which was between England and France. Um, and the game takes place on the sort of the days and weeks leading up to AZ firing the ultimate weapon. So it's it's telling the story of as it turns out, I did my digging, I, I did my research, AZ was the king of Kalos. So ah. it would make all the more sense as to why he would be the one to try and end the war, because in history, France won the Hundred Years' War, so it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, so there is also kind of like stuff after the firing of the ultimate weapon as well, um, because did you also know, Darren, that the timeline... For the darkest day from Sword and Shield, which was Eternatus coming in and then the Sword Dogs having to put them down, mm -hmm. also three thousand years ago. Ah, I did. Very know interesting. That. So that's that's where we're going with this. Um, in terms of playable characters, uh, I'll go through like a couple of examples. So I've, I've named about ten or fifteen of the characters. I think we probably have about twenty-five playable characters in total, something like mm -hmm. that. Just to give you like a good, because you're not playing as the train. The trainer's there. The trainer's commanding the Pokemon, but the trainer's not actually doing the battling. Right. Think of your partner Pokemon as th an actual Dynasty Warrior, uh, and then later on we're going to get into units, which I'm f I'm so jammed on this idea. I, okay. I think it's great. Jammed, jazzed is the word I was looking for. So your your primary playable characters are soldiers in either the Colossian or Galarian army. Uh, for Gala, you have Edward, um, who is, for all intents and purposes, the male trainer, uh, and his partner Pokemon, Grookey. And for Kalos, you have uh, Jean, Jean, whatever you want to pronounce it, because I'm, I'm, it's, it's fucking Joan of Arc, but she's the female um, trainer. And her partner Pokemon are Froakie. I looked into who was the most popular. It was a fucking storm for Froakie. So Froakie is the, you know, the personification of Kalos, if you will. Mm -hmm. The, the waters are really muddied when you look at, um, at Gala. I think there's kind of an even split. And actually, Sobble comes out on top, which you know doesn't really work out for me. No. So it came down to which one looks like it could be more convincingly put into a war situation. Football Bunny or Wardrum Gaboon. Oh, yes, that one. Mm -hmm. So we ended up with Grookey. Uh, the other characters in the story include Adele, who's the queen of Gala, and her partner Pokemon, Hatterene. You'll unlock her towards the end of the game. Obviously, there's AZ. Yeah. I wanted to explain why he's called AZ 
in the story because he has a full na- he has a full name. I've made this up. I've I looked for French names that start with A and end with Z, and I've had to I've had to fuck one about to get it to fit into this little box I created for myself. So AZ's full name is Antres. He's the king of Kalos, and obviously his partner Pokemon is Floette. Yeah, like I mean, he could have had like a first name. It could be initials AZ. Could have been, could have been. I, I, I like the idea that like he's existed for thousand a thousand sorry three thousand years. And, and like, his name is just compacted over time into yeah AZ. That enough. was my thought because the fact that he's called AZ isn't fucking explained anywhere. No, good like, point. Not a thing. Um, other characters include uh, the Crown Prince of Canos called Thierry, which apparently means um, of royalty. I didn't know that. Um, Thierry Henry, he's apparently of royalty. Um, uh, you're English. It's Terry Henry. Oh, apologies, Terry Henry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and his partner Pokemon Tyrantrum. You've got the Knight Commander of Gala called Kondo, who is an ancestor to uh, Mustard and Leon mm-hmm. from uh, Sword and Shield. And his partner Pokemon of Surfesh. It only makes sense that the Knight Commander would have the Lance Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, you've got and and I've I've been looking at like titles. So um, we've got Duchess Yulania who is an ancestor to Professor Magnolia in Gala as well, and uh, her part for Pokemon Boltund. You've got Marquis Aker, uh, pro- who's Professor Sycamore's ancestor, and his partner Pokemon Malamar. You've got Dame Petra, who is an ancestor to Nessa from uh, Gala, and her partner Pokemon Dreadnought, because obviously... Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the... I- I'm proud of the name, but the title doesn't work for me. Uh, so we've got Arborea, who is it? I was trying to get like the the French equivalent to a cavalier, which is a curiouser, which I don't like, but it's there. Uh, and he is no, she is Ramos, the third third gym leader in Kalos. Yep. Ancestor, the her part of Pokemon Go Goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got I had like the so we've, you've got this kind of theme running through that like you know the main boy Edward is related to you know the main boy Victor. I think he's called Victor in canon um, in Sword and Shield. And, and John, of course, would be a descendant, well, an a ancestor to Serena in Kalos. You get what we're going with here. Yeah. And then I was like, how do I, how do I force the evil team's representation into this? Uh, so we've got Lady Fleur of House Flair for, for Kalos <laughs> and uh, her partner Pokemon uh, Talonflame and Manatarms Malek. Um, and his partner Pokemon Obstagoon. So we got we got a Team Yell thing, we got a Flare thing, we got the uh, professors, we've got the champions are represented, the player characters are represented. For all intents and purposes, all of these names I've told you, they don't matter. What you need to be thinking about is the ancestors for that visual representation. It's kind of like Young Impa in uh, Hyrule Warriors, if you know oh, what I mean. Okay. All the champions, you know, it's basically the same thing. Now we get into the interesting bit because this I need to send you the first video. I don't think I need to tell you how uh, like a Dynasty Warriors game works, right? Surely not. Yeah, I've played Hyrule Warriors. I know, I know the the gist. Yeah, so that's when you're just using your partner Pokemon. It's basically Dynasty Warriors. It is, right. you know, your standard light and heavy attacks that you can do in combos, plus an additional attack, which is your Musu attack. Um, so you're talking about light attacks on square, heavy attacks on triangle, 
and moves to attacks on circle. Obviously, X is right. jump, and then you can cycle through different stuff. The video I've just sent you, Darren, um, I would just like you to skip to about, like, five minutes in, something like that. Oh, you sent it me on Skype. I was expecting WhatsApp. Sorry. Oh, apologies. Ben. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, we're going to go on the chat. Sure, this is good. <laughs> chat. Give me chat. Um, ah, there it is. Okay, with it, with it, with it. Okay, so yes, that. just ju jump about like four or five minutes in. Oh, hang on, they're trying to sell me fuel. <laughs> no, I don't want. I don't want your gruel. Thank you. Um, the, how the long people skipping in? Uh, just just click to a random point in the video that's not a loading screen. That's something that looks like you're playing a game. Okay. Uh, yeah. And can you see the, how you've got a player character controlling what looks like a small battalion? Yes. And it still looks like a Dynasty Warriors thing, and then there's yeah. all numbers popping up above their heads with damage dealing. Yes. This is what makes this different. Uh, Bladestorm was basically a failed experiment on the part of uh, Koei Tecmo. I remember it quite fondly, and maybe that's what I, why I wanted to do this. I want to bring this back, which is why I talked about partner Pokemon earlier, and now I'm going to talk about unit Pokemon. Unit Pokemon can be found on each of the maps. Now... The vast majority of the story of the War of Gala, sorry, the War of Kalos, guess where it takes place? Kalos. So yeah. a lot a lot of your maps are going to be open areas of all the different towns, all the different routes, all the different regions. Uh, so you've got like mountainous regions, coastal regions, central regions of Kalos um, that are going to be fairly big, but not open world. And basically, you're yeah, you're like a hero of the either well, you're a hero of what is essentially the Pokemon Hundred Years War, depending on what side you're on. Mm -hmm. But you have the ability to go and recruit on the fly different units, which gives you the ability to swap Pokemon, so you're not stuck ah. to the one type you've got. So if you're if you're playing as Edward, for example, and you've got Grookey, you you know you're going to be dicked over by fire types. You can go and find. For example, a a unit of hone edges and you know you steel type. Now you've got a different kind of advantage. Mm -hmm. um, there are five different types of unit that you can actively recruit in the game. Uh, you've got infantry units, which are your your kind of like well, obviously a ground based kind of foot soldier, up close and personal attacks. Your mounted mm -hmm. units, which are for all intents and purposes cavalry. That's where all your bipedal Pokemon come in. Yeah. You've got ranged units where a lot of special attackers come in. Um, mm -hmm. Tend to well, obviously, um, you, all your attacks will be done from a distance. So you don't have any upfront combos. What you've actually got is like it's kind of like archery. So like, if you had multiple decidueyes, for example, you'd be firing oh, from a distance. You. Aerial units. This is where all your flying Pokemon come in. It is pretty much dominated by flying Pokemon and bug Pokemon, uh, but this is for attacking from above to give you a, a strategic advantage on different. Like, I wanted this game to think about the Z-axis a lot more as well, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that's forgotten in Musou games. It's very much just kind of like plow forward. Now you can think about, oh, actually, if I want to take that stronghold in, um, in Geosenge Town, for example, yep. I could. Command a flying unit instead, jump on the back of a Talonflame and fly over and drop fireballs or something. Uh, and the fifth one is naval units. That is attacking from the sea. Did you know, Darren, there's only three towns in Kalos that don't have a water source? Wow. Yeah. I was thinking, like, maybe this is a bit of a stretch because, like, coastal Kalos, yeah, you're great. You could do 
like the Battle of Cormarine Town, and you you know you've got naval units a plenty, but you know what about the other towns? So there's the starting town, there's the ice town, and then I think there's one more. I think it's Camfria Town. You know that one yeah. where like you you get the farm below yes. it. Yes, it Those oh sorry, Levere Town as well. There are four towns where there's no water. The rest have water. But I mean that's just a that's just a design thing you can kind of work around. You can either add water sources or just that's like a tech like a, a difficulty thing like oh you don't have if you've got really used to using naval units and then you send to a battlefield that has no water you could be screwed and then you just engineer ways for like well on this one everything's got roofs so five flying pokemon your your aerial artillery not really all that useful you know heavy tree cover can't really use your long range stuff so there's opportunities there not setbacks Yes. Um, and that, of course, would be tied in directly with the what you would expect of having the type advantages as well. Um, so your unit types. So each type of unit, all five of the units have two strengths, two weaknesses. So inventory uh, good against range, because what's the point of firing a arrow if you've got a sword coming at you? Uh, and for the sake of balancing, it's good against naval units. Um, but it's weak to mounted and aerial attacks. The mounted uh, troops are good against infantry and naval, but weak to uh, ranged and aerial. The ranged units are good against mounted and aerial, but weak to infantry and naval. The aerial units are good against infantry and naval, but weak to ranged and mounted. And the naval are uh, good against range and aerial, but weak to mounted and infantry. So everybody's got two. I know that was a lot, and I, I, I ideally wanted to draw up, like, you know, that... You know, like the rock, paper, scissors diagram, but for rock, yes. paper, scissors, lizard, Spock, or whatever the shit it yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Imagine it like that. So you've got like the circle of who's good against who, and then the pentagram of your second types in the middle, I guess. I really would have loved to have drawn this out for you, Darren. I'm not going to lie to you. I ran out of time. <laughs> but That's fine. No, you've made that pretty clear. That, that's, that is a nice level of depth that I think will help kind of differentiate this. Because, I mean... For of its, uh, as much as I liked Hyrule Warriors, uh, Calamity, whatever, um, it was it was still pretty straightforward, and that's what I kind of want from the Zelda game. Your Pokemon, you've kind of got to find a way to put that tactical side into it. So, I think you've described that very well. I think that gives a lot of opportunities for variance that kind of keeps that game from getting a little stale. Because once I got to the end of Age of Calamity, I was pretty much done. Yeah. Whereas this kind of can keep it fresher. Yes, um, and and such is the point is that you'll want both advantages because there are there's several things that could happen in the middle of battle. So you know surprise attacks that you know your standard kind of warriors bullshit. But if you have the right, if you have a type advantage and a unit advantage, you can wipe the fucking floor with people, which feeds into one of the systems. I added this about. 20 minutes before we started but i liked right. it so much i'm baking it into the fucking game now um cool. there is an additional system called the rival system once mm. per battle an enemy officer is designated as your rival your right. rival is super resistant against all your attacks regardless of type or unit advantage because i remember a time when rivals were fucking difficult um defeating your rival unlocks special costumes for your character um, this could include a just box down of palette swaps, different armor sets, and of course shiny Pokemon. Uh, so that's how you would you would fulfill like individual um, little goals in the battle, which is also baked into um, the systems that I have that are inspired by Battlefront. So um, mm -hmm. 
at the start of every battle, you're given a number of objectives. This, this can range from defeat 100 soldiers in the first one to uh, clear out the entire side of uh, Lumio City in 12 minutes or something like that. If you fulfill that, you build a bar up. Um, I haven't got a name for the bar. It was just it was just there on the screen in my head. And it was just, oh, it, that's the summon bar, I guess. Um, this allows you to summon in a different kind of Pokemon and throughout the game this will change so at the start of the game this would be to bring in say a bigger unit for example so you know you're playing as uh, let's say you're playing you're playing as as Jean and Hafroki you would be able to call it a Bertic for a limited amount of time uh, and that would count as your special attack Um, later in the game this might be oh you can call in an evolution of a character that you've got um or and then as you go on of course it will be legendary pokemon which you've got to you've got to like fill in a lot of stuff but once you've summoned the legendary pokemon you've got it for the rest of the battle right um and then post story post firing of the uh, ultimate weapon this will allow you to mega evolve pokemon from kalos and dynamax pokemon from gala because i'm writing it into the story that the firing of the ultimate weapon awoke eternatus uh, and kickstarted the darkest day so that the like the Kalos and Gala are like intricately linked in terms of their history. Um, in terms of how you would level up your characters, because in standard Warriors games you just get a level and your stats go up and yada yada. But the the thing about Dynasty Warriors especially was collecting weapons. Not really an option in a game where you know it's not the characters doing the fighting; it's the Pokemon. So this is why I've picked Pokemon specifically that can evolve. So ah. as you level up edward for example he will get a grookey and then when you hit level level 16 he's a thwacky now uh, and then when you go up to level 30 40 odd he's now rillaboom you have the option to choose to not play as that outside right. of story missions so in story missions so you'll need to be a certain level in the story because your pokemon will have evolved um in order to play that mission but in free mode, uh, you could choose to have a level 100 Grookey if you really like Grookey's moveset. Because the beautiful thing about having Pokemon that evolve as the partner Pokemon is that you get to have more movesets, which gives you more variety of the gameplay. So, you know, a, a, a Grookey is going to fight different to a Rillaboom. A Rillaboom is going to have a lot more sound waves. I like the idea of the war drums being worked in. Same, I, I think the only one where it's completely fixed is AZ. Because you can't really give him flourges. It doesn't really happen. Um, I think that's the only one where I go, that's, that one's not allowed to evolve, I guess. Yeah. Um, another thing to bring over from the Warriors games is, of course, you can have items uh, limited to one, of course, here, because Pokemon can only have one held item. Um, so that pretty much just comes over wholesale. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? I, I kind of I didn't send it you because I'm pretty sure you actually saw it. Do you remember the when the revo- reveal video for Samurai Warriors Five came out during that Nintendo Switch event? Uh, vaguely. Um, I'll drop it in the thing. That's just to give you an idea of the art style because it is okay. this is what Koei Tecmo are good at. Um, so if you just kind of get a look of like that kind of exaggerated anime art style, that's what I'd really like to do because it works well for Pokemon. Um, give me a second. I don't want you. <laughs> you you will eat the Huel. You will. <laughs> you will enjoy the Huel. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, it looked mad as fuck. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. That yeah. One. So slight shells. Well, okay, not slight. 
Artistic cell shading. Yes, artistic cell shading. To make it look distinctly different and I think slightly more grown up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, this is essentially a Pokemon war game. I think you have to kind of like the the protagonists aren't going to be children. They're going to be I I th- would kind of pitch them as sort of like seventeen years old. Um, right. and then obviously the rest of the characters are adults to elderly people. Um, so the basic premise of the story is you're in the Gal the Gala Kalos War. Isn't that great? And a number of things happen, and you take a number of towns, and battles happen, and then. The thing gets to... We all know the story. I mean, we don't. We don't really know the story because they didn't really go into it that much. It was one of the most interesting things about the Kalos games they didn't really touch on. But, you know, that aside, there's four possible endings for the game. Uh, The story one is AZ fires the universal weapon and Gala win the war, basically. And, you know, the darkest day happens in the epilogue, which means you can, you know... That's where you get to unlock the summoning of Zacian Zamazenta, for example, mm-hmm. um, and so on and so forth. And you get to see how things start to progress towards towards modern day, even though it's 3000 years in the past. Um, you have the option of playing after you've played through the story version of each of the missions, because it bounces back and forth through all the acts um, between Kalos and Gala. So, like, for example, um, the battle of i quite like the idea of the path like ambrette city or silage city being like a naval assault by uh gala um whereas like maybe sort of like dendermill town um or anastar city especially you'd be playing as kalos because you're defending like these sacred sites i quite like that idea when you played it through as a story and you played it through as the characters you're supposed to play as because the game will kind of force you to try everybody out you unlock the other side of the story so yeah, you during the siege of Shalor City, you played as the defending team who were Gal- uh, Kalos. Now you get to play as the attacking team who were Gala, who you might have actually found quite difficult. But now the objectives are completely different. Now there's even more stuff to unlock. Now there's even different units to use. Because you don't have access to all the Pokemon that either one side has. So if you want to get, like, I don't know, a Ponyta unit, you want to get a Ponyta cavalry unit, you have to play as Gala. Um, mm-hmm. but like in Kalos your cavalry units are go-goats instead so you find a fucking go-goat unit out there fighting in the field you summon them with the like the wrist mounted whistle thing and all of a sudden you're leading a cavalry unit like into the enemy and that gives you even further variety of Pokemon you can play as and that variety goes up as you go on and unlock more things and that gives you more incentive to play so the other thing endings you can get so the mirror ending, if you play the other side of every single mission in the game, you get to basically live in the universe where the weapon was never fired, Mega Evolution never became a thing, Sun and Moon basically doesn't happen because, because that, <laughs> you know, the idea of the universal wormholes opening up doesn't occur. Mm-hmm. And you, I would quite like to have that version of events end with a lead up to the original Red and Blue. Because, you know, that was very much in the universe where none of that shit existed. Um, You've also got the options of playing through every single mission just as Gala or just as Kalos, which gets you completely different endings again. And these are all like dream scenarios, especially if you want to go for total victories for either side of the war. The difficulty scale is going to go up. The story is going to be the simplest one to do because it gives you a chance to play with all the different characters, have a mess around with all the different units unlock a lot of the more rare summons into the game um 
and basically just get like the can what will be considered the canon story of the creation of the mega evolution universe the dynamax universe the, the one that is pretty much what the games are doing going forward then you can unlock the old universe and then you can do your fucking your challenge modes as such um did i talk about like potential pokemon that could be like unit types i think i only mentioned a few didn't i just a few in passing yeah but uh expand on that a little bit Yep, so like aerial units could include Pokemon like Butterfree. Um, you can get, uh, I quite like the idea of just having a Dunsparce unit that's really fucking useless. <laughs> or like a, a Magikarp naval unit who like, they all jump together and create like a wave that crashes onto the shore. I think that would be really dope. Um, the Sharpedo unit for the naval certainly where they sort of charge towards the shore and bite the Pokemon that are in there. Uh, for Gala, you could have Oh, God, wow, there's just so many things you could have with Ganna. I like the idea of the double rollout squad um, for your cavalry. For Obviously, your Hone Edge. Hone Edge is going to be your standard infantry kind of unit. I like the idea that as you go on as well, instead of seeing Hone Edge units, you're going to see Dublade units, and then you're going to see Aegislash units. I think that's real cool. Um, so, and then you, like, you get kind of like the weirder Pokemon that kind of do fit into the, the framework, but not in a way you'd expect. So, you know... A, a horde of Serena doing like high kicks would be a very interesting version of um, of a mounted unit because they're quite tall, and yeah. and their legs kind of look a little bit like spears. I guess I don't know, um, but that's kind of what I'm going for. Or like you could have them a neck trick, and yeah, you'd think a, a ground type unit, but actually they're going to be calling a lot of thunder down, so they're actually ranged units or potentially even an aerial unit. The more you think about it, and. I think have you still got that video up from Blade Store Nightmare? Oh I have not. Hang on, let me let me grab that real quick. I wonder if it's gonna sell me fuel. <laughs> I uh, hope it does. Oh no, a horror film streaming service called Shudder. Oh, That's no. not gonna happen, is it? Uh yes, I've got that I've got that up now. Um so you can see that like when you're controlling a unit you've got three possible attacks. Um yes. that will be because you can actually change out those attacks for that like attacks in that type so right. so like manectric for example we we're talking about him being a, a, a an electric ranged unit so thundershock could be your triangle attack Par um oh god what's the word i'm trying to think of um thunder wave could be your circle attack but then you could swap out your thunder wave attack and change it for like because everyone can learn normal moves you could have a quick attack if you really wanted to or you could go, i mean manectric can learn a lot of things thinking about it you could have a steel attack in there to kind of like counter out your type disadvantage or something like that. I think the big thing in this game is giving you the ability to play as a big number of Pokemon and having them feel individual and to your strategy. Because I think that's something that the Bladestorm understood when it was released in 2007, but made it incredibly fucking boring. So I think, you know, the speed of the battles is going to be quite frantic and you'll be dashing back and forth trying to complete objectives whilst also making sure you've got the right unit um, and as you level up your characters you actually unlock unit slots so you can start the game with the ability to just summon in a particular unit so okay. you know you don't have to start with froki or talonflame or whatever you can go right okay i want to start the game and immediately have my rapidash cavalry and just charge in and you can do that that's an option that is pretty much the long and short of it. Um, it is, for all intents and purposes, a better Warriors game with unit controls 
uh, the kind of like timed and uh, sort of victory based summons that you'll see in Battlefront. Um, and it's going to be focusing on a game that I think really got overlooked. I think X and Y, we played through X and Y a lot. A um, lot. A lot. And the more I played through it, the more I kind of thought about all the missed opportunities. And the Kalos War is far and away the biggest one. And that's in a game that did nothing with Zygarde, for fuck's sake. So, like, I would really like to see something come out of that add a bit more context, make AZ actually a character that isn't just fucking stupid and boring. And of course, I've thought about these things, Darren, because I've thought about distribution, I've thought about DLC, and I've thought about a sequel. Okay. The The game would launch with a code for Floet. You would get the Eternal Flower Floet. They've left that in the data of X and Y to rot. It has its own special move in Light of Ruin. Why have you yeah. never been able to have this? Guess what? There is, if you've got a save file for uh, Pokemon Duelists on your Switch, you can go into Pokemon Home and redeem your Eternal Flower Floet, which can then be transferred into whatever game happens to be out at the time. That would be fun, wouldn't it? DLC. Here's the thing I struggled with because I told you something I really wanted to do and I couldn't do it because of the setting of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've thought of three additional DLC packs that would add additional characters and partner Pokemon into the game that wouldn't be in there. Um, somebody would have Pikachu, so don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I had to mention Pikachu. He has to appear somewhere, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, so I thought of three potential packs uh, for DLC characters. So your first DLC pack... Um, that is going to be your uh, your champions pack. So this will give you the ability to play as red with partner Pokemon Charizard, blue with po- Parker po- yeah, partner Pokemon Blastoise, Cynthia with partner Pokemon. Um, oh God, I've forgotten its name. Garchomp. Garchomp and Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange. <laughs> My brain is boiling. Stephen Stone with partner Pokemon Metagross. Um, you might be thinking, how do these people from the modern era fit into the games? The answer is, give us money and don't think about it, because you like these characters. The, the This is based on a lot of, like, Koei Tecmo's DLC practices, which make no fucking sense. It's like, come and play this game that is all about the, you know, the the romance of the Three Kingdoms, or the, the Sengoku period of 16th century Japan, uh, and then buy all these costumes to dress them up as high school students. It makes no fucking sense. So no, I don't blame you. Like people are just going to be happy to play as those characters. You can literally just say this is, you know, Pokemon Duelist Legends content. You know, they don't play any part in the story. You can't play storyline missions, but you can play all available missions with your DLC characters. So yeah, yeah, I think people are pretty forgiving for that type of shit. I mean, look at all the the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles turn up in fucking Mortal Kombat, so I don't think it matters anymore. It pretty much doesn't, no. And we're we're going down that route, especially with the other packs. I wanted Lieutenant Surge in this game. You did. This the, is the one you told me about. The motherfucker said he was in a war, and I really wanted to have, or at least an ancestor to Lieutenant Surge in this fucking game. I just want to have a scene where he turns up with his Raichu, Al Jordan's gone completely fucking bonkers, <laughs> and he's like the boss of this level. Um... But I couldn't fit it in. So, hey, guess what? You've got your gym leaders pack and it gives you the four most popular gym leaders, one of which is Lieutenant Surge. Don't at me. Um, It would probably introduce who would be good for that pack. 
who would be good? I'm I'm oh. looking at my notes now and I'm like, I don't think like because I thought about who has the coolest Pokemon and Karina made the list with the Lucario. I I, mm. I don't want to. I don't want that in there anymore. No, the the people will want Brock, Misty, Lieutenant Surge, and probably Sabrina if not Koga. You could just do fuck it. Do the eight Kanto leaders. That's yeah. who the people want. They could do. I did have an anime pack as well. The, yeah. The Ash and Pikachu, Brock and Onyx, and Misty and Psyduck in there. Well, Misty and Starmie, actually, because um, her Psyduck never evolved. Um, and then it was, I was going to like tack on. I was like, well, who's going to be a fourth character in the anime pack? Is it going to be Jesse and James as a combined yes. character? Um, and now Oak. that you've said that, yes. <laughs> no, that that makes... Yeah, who else could you have, really? I was no, yeah. My thought was, um, oh, what was his fucking name? The the one who like replaced Brock for a season. Oh, Tracy. Yeah, but he does actually have a, a, a like a signature do, Pokemon, does he? So it doesn't really work. Do you know what would be dope if Mewtwo was the trainer and Mew was the partner Pokemon? Oh, fuck it, Giovanni and Armored Mewtwo. There you go. There you go. Boom. That, there's your there's your anime pack. There we go. So your DLC is just like you say, legends characters, characters that you that like you you want to play as the trainer more than the Pokemon in that scenario. Um, but they're there, and of course I had an idea for a sequel which would build upon all of this and give you a whole new host of Pokemon to play as that don't appear in either Kalos or Gala because the sequel, which would be Pokemon Duelists War of Ideals, because I couldn't think of a better title, uh, would be uh, the Ancient War in Univer, and of course would feature the combined uh, Zekrom and Reshiram and what's his fucking name, Curum Dragon. Yes. And the story would be about taming that dragon, and of course he'd be a distribution once you finish the game. <sighs> there we go, Pokemon Duelists. That was a half-baked idea, everybody. Keep that in mind. Yeah, that I, that wasn't... Uh, that I, I wanted to write a full story, and I wanted to like really embellish on like the tragedy of AZ, and I didn't get time. Uh-huh. I don't think you need to worry about it. That was a fucking excellent pitch. That was... Yeah, I, I don't know why I didn't call this earlier. Like, of course you'd do a Warriors game, but that sounds good, because I think it addresses some of the problems I had with the longevity of... Look, I've only played the Hyrule Warriors games. I'm not a fucking Dynasty Warriors... Um... I was about to say snob. That's not the right word. Eh, oh, snob. I'm definitely one of those people. <laughs> Lovely. I'm not a Dynasty Warriors guy, so maybe that's only a problem with the, the the Hyrule Warriors games. But that kind of idea of you're turning the field a bit more tactical, of like you know, because as long as you've got a strong person in the right place in Hyrule Warriors, as long as Link is somewhere, Link will be doing fine. <laughs> and as you jump around to the other characters, it's just how can they best help Link? It's the it's the Lionel Messi problem of like, are you Link? No, be Link. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> are you near Link? Yes, help Link. Etc. This one kind of then operates at it differently. If you're all your infantry soldiers, for example, are somewhere where they're not really doing all that much good and you need them somewhere else, you can go and charge them over there and send your cavalry where they were and so on. This, I like that. That's it. That's I quite like the idea of the emerging gameplay coming out. That, yeah, you might be kicking ass in one corner of the map with your partner Pokemon, uh, but, but oh no, this settlement's going to fall if you don't get over there with cavalry and you got to go over and take the cavalry. You know, I, I like that idea. That is excellent. And almost the exact opposite of what I'm about to pitch. Good. We've we've got something substantially different, and you were pleased with my half-bake idea, so I'm very happy. That was really good, Mabel. Now. 
This Here is we go. the welcome to the novel. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. Now, sit back. I am. Get comfy. I will. I'll be here for a while. I'll tell you the story of how this pitch came. Um, it was, first of all, it was a pun. I was like, ha ha. I said it out loud and made it laugh. I told Rachel, she didn't laugh, but I laughed, and that's what matters. Um, it was a pun that I really found hilarious. The next day, I mocked up the box art. That made me laugh even more. And then it became an eight-page pitch document that I am hopefully not going to read verbatim for you. I think I'm going to get as far as I can before I feel your will to live ever away. And then I'm going to turn it into more of a Q&A of, like, if you have questions about the game, I'll answer them. Because um, mine is 0% story and almost 100% mechanics. Cool. So, again... Kind of a little bit of a reflection there, but you had no story. You wanted a story. Mine does not do well with story. Right. There's no room for it here. Because um, what I'm about to birth to you... Now, have you got your phone on you? Because I do need to send you the box. I have my phone on me ready. Lovely. It's coming through WhatsApp. What I'm about to birth to you, everybody, is a perfect game. I'm about <laughs> to bring together two disparate disciplines and birth into the world a beautiful hybrid. That, it... Much like the Liger is beautiful strong and ultimately sterile <laughs> what i'm doing for you muggle is this wait pour to dramatic effect oh for fuck's sake welcome to the world of pokeball monager oh we are combining God. pokemon and football manager into pokeball monager you might think he's saying manager a bit weird i'm not look at the box art it's a beautiful pun <laughs> i don't know what i expected but it wasn't this so i had to pick the specifically football manager 2012 box art because that's the only one i could find that was recent where the man was holding a football which i've obviously photoshopped pokeball <laughs> on i'm very proud of this um so the headlines you, this is the Pokemon League management simulator you've all wanted. Um, you are the head of a Pokemon League and you're in charge of selecting gym leaders and Elite Four and your goal is to become the best Pokemon League in the world. Um, <laughs> so, I will point out, this has, this pitch has kind of taken a life of its own at home. It turns out it's actually a very good sleeping aid. For when Rachel is trying to get to sleep and have a bit of trouble, she would just tell me to talk through the systems I've thought about for this game, and it <laughs> will put her out without exception. Again, not ideal for an audio medium, um, where we're trying to be an entertainment podcast, but, you know, if you get some use out of this, even if it's putting you to sleep, I've done a job. So, here we go. Aaron, all I want for Christmas is a Joey Apples cameo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to Joey Apple. Yay! Um, so, Joey Applin. Sorry, carry on. Oh, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's annoying. <laughs> right, Joey. so. Joey Apples. <laughs> Basically, what I'm going to pitch to you now is that there's going to be two modes of this game. There is, much like we get with Football Manager, there is the casual and then there is the full fat. The casual version is kind of a stripped down version, so it's a, it kind of goes along a lot faster if you haven't got a lot of time to dump into the really in-depth stuff. For the most part, I'm going to be describing the full fat version of the game, but where it differs from the kind of casual version, I will let you know. Um, so, the basics. You, at the start of the game, have some decisions to make. Um, first of all is, how many leagues do you want? There are options for either an 8, 10, or 12 league system. 
um, and you can then choose what populates those. It will start with all eight um, gens already exist, ready to go. If you want to take over a pre-made region, that is completely up to you. Um, but you will then you will also then get the classic lineup of their eight gym leaders and four elite four. Um, now, I know what you're thinking, Michael. What are you thinking, Michael? I don't know. What, I mean, I'm still thinking about Joey Applin, but uh, let's let's find out what I should be thinking about. No, Michael, what you're thinking is that, Darren, you charismatic stallion, what about Alola? Alola doesn't really kind of conform to a gym system. Uh, first of all, thank you for the compliment. But uh, second of all, uh, we're going to get around that quite easily. Um, for Alola, is going to be reorganised That's my big laugh, Michael. That's annoying. I mean, yeah, I appreciate a prequel meme the rest as much as the rest, man. So that, that wasn't English. My brain still hurts. So yeah, Alola will be reorganised, not into the First Galactic Empire, but into just a traditional league. Um, so, you know, it's all the essence, all the building blocks are there. We're just going to rework it a little bit. Um, so, from this point forward, like I said, I'm going to explain everything with a full fat version. Now, you might have said, well, if you pick ten leagues, what happens? Well, I left a little room for expansion. I believe it should be one of those games that doesn't have a sequel every year, but they can instead choose to update whenever a new gen rolls around. I've left it with 12 slots open. If they want to then update it, come Gen 9, come Gen 10, etc. With their gym leaders, Elite Four, and their Pokemon, they are free to do so. We will not be running on the full graphical fidelity of a Sword and Shield. We're going to be keeping the graphics relatively simple. For the most part, you're not going to be, because you're not going to be battling actively. So I feel like you can kind of save some money there. And, and I see this more as like a 20 to £30 eShop game as opposed to a full release. But anyway, if you choose to have 10 leagues and pick the eight existing leagues, you can choose to create your own league. So if you choose to do that, you will pick the region name, uh, the town names, the order in which you have to do them. You can design the badges. We're going to have a pretty extensive uh, creative suite because, of course, you are money is no object. This is all make-believe. So we're going to have a massive creative suite. <laughs> attached to this game where you can literally design everything and then you get to pick your gym leaders and elite four members um so let me just make sure my mouse is still working it is um so what you'll do say you're we're going to say for example you're going to pick your own league you would then pick your gym leaders and your elite four from a pool of available trainers this will be a mix of um recognizable characters from the video games and the anime um, I will point out, I believe, for the sake of progression, you won't have, like, Ash available straight away. You'll have to achieve and unlock Ash just through playing the games. Ash or Red some... is the question. Both. Cool. It doesn't make... It's not a canon game. You can have anyone you want. So we will leave that open. If you want to play, like... Because if you get, like, a, one of the SmackDown versus Raw games, one of the WWE games... You pay two quid, you get on the DLC, you get an accelerator, and you unlock everyone straight away. If you can't bother to earn people through in-game rewards, you do have the option to pay a little bit more, and you will just unlock everybody. Um, but in the normal version, you'll get to pick from, like, you know, people you know from the anime and the video games, but not, like, you know, the bigger names. Um, eventually, as you work through, you can have Ash, you can have N, you can have fucking Benga, you can have whoever you want. Populating your oh, league shout out to the four people who remember Benga. 
I was trying to think of his dad, but I can't remember what his goddamn name is. Isn't it um, old? Is it older? Older, of course it's older. Um, but I can remember Benga for some reason. <laughs> anyway, um, but you can then also choose from regens if you know if you play football manager at all. You get past a certain point when all the real life footballers begin to age out. You will then be replaced by regeneration characters. These are characters that the game has completely made up. And yes, one of them can be Joey Appley. Yay! Um, <laughs> and they will come kind of pre-packaged with their type preference. Um, and, you know, they, it will, the game will just automatically create what they look like. Um, completely run system, completely open to bugs. It's going to be fantastic. Um, it will also name them as well and give them a bit of a personality. So... Um, cool. You have three ways of kind of setting your league up. That The one I've just explained, where if you choose to do a, a custom league, you just pick from the available pool. Uh, you can then also do a kind of draft lottery, where all leagues start with no one available. And for the first season, a random you're given a random order in the draft lottery, and you might go first and have your first pick of every available trainer there is, or you might go last. And then once the first season's done... Whoever has done worst will get first pick of the replacement gym leaders for the next season. So the NFL works. It's meant to kind of give some balance. So if you do really badly, there is a chance that the next season you'll do better because you get first draft picks. Um, or you can just start with everyone undrafted and it's just a mad scramble of a transfer window to try and sign up as any gym leader you can get hold of, basically. Um, so if you're playing on full fat, your gym leaders will be kind of assigned um, a star rating out of five. This entire game is running on a five-star system. You can tell it was designed by me. Because um, <laughs> five is the only number you need for ranking anything. These star ratings, if you're playing on the casual, they will just have a five-star rating. That is it. There's no substats or anything. It'll just be, that is a one-star trainer, that is a two-star trainer, etc. If you're playing on full fat, each of your trainers will have six different attributes that you can put points into, that have points allocated to them. Um, I know what you're thinking. Michael, what are you thinking? Um, I'm, I'm thinking that you, what kind of horrific uh, regens could we get and could we <laughs> could we potentially get a trainer that's just called Purple? Of course we could. Hey! We're going to use the football manager engine. I've turned down players called Super Mario. I, of course, signed Rube's cool, so anything is possible. Super Mario! Uh, yeah. He was just not good enough to make my squad, unfortunately, so I didn't buy him, and I regret it to this day. Uh, <laughs> so yes, you could have Elite Four member Nelson Mandela. All things are possible. Wow. Um, yeah, so... This really is um, Jesus Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to tell you some stuff about Jesus Hospital. Uh, later, later. Um, so these six stats, you might think, how does six stats feed into a five-star rating? Here's how. I've had a lot of time to think about systems. Clearly. You will be given... 30 attribute points to spend across those um, six stats. Mm. So you basically can't max out the stats at any one point. You cannot have a perfect trainer with five out of five in all six stats. Um, wait, that's 25 points, not 30. Sorry, my bad. You were given 25 points to play with. So you can't mould when you get to create your own gym leader. You can't create a perfect specimen who can do everything. Right. Those six stats are attack, so they're a tendency to be aggressive. Uh, defense, the opposite, how much they prefer to be a defensive and try and win a war of attrition. Uh, tactical, so their tendency is to use setup moves, to switch Pokemon, to use potions, and so on. Uh, move variety, um, so if they're kind of, you know, they're only sticking to their stab attack moves, 
then they're going to get quite a low score in there. But if they've got lots of setup moves, they've got, you know, dual screens, they've got weather effects, etc., etc., that will bump that number up. Uh, Pokemon variety, the same, but for Pokemon types, if they're just a straightforward monotype, they're going to get quite low. If they've got some, they're still a monotype trainer, but they've got coverage for their weaknesses, that's going to bump them up. And then you can only get 5 out of 5 in that ranking if you don't have a monotype team. Uh, and then 6, luck. We're going to quantify luck in that this will be how many times you know your attacks miss them, how many times their attacks don't have great accuracy hit, um, how quickly they wake up from sleep, how well critical hits land, etc, etc, etc. Well, you've made one of the mechanics in your game bullshit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whenever you're playing like the Elite Four and you're like, don't fucking wake up, asshole! It's like, yes, I put six points into luck. Exactly, it's a quantifiable thing in this game, as much as you know, because it, it's a quantifiable thing in the game. It's just based on numbers that you don't see here. You see the numbers, so your trainer. This is not a static thing. Your trainer has the potential to grow above their current star level, and they can also decline. Um, so if you have a trainer that is just beating everybody that comes in front of them, their stats will increase. They will become better. Same thing if you have a gym leader that is just piss weak for the stage they're at and you just get absolutely battered, they will start to fall down. Now, obviously, the the worse the trainer, the less likely they are for their stats to decline, and the better the trainer, the less likely they are to improve. So there's not you're not going to have constantly shifting things. Just to give you an example of like a one-star trainer, we'll take Garden Variety Brock from Red. He's got his Geodude, he's got his Onyx. That's like one point for attack, two for defense, two for tactics, one for Pokemon choice because it's two rock types, uh, move choice two, look one. So that is a bog standard one star trainer. That is a man who has uh, somewhere between five and ten points spent across their uh, six stats. And obviously then that's where the point boundary comes in. If you go above ten, but below fifteen, you're a two star trainer, between fifteen and twenty and so on and so forth. You can only be a five star trainer if all twenty five points have been spent. That's what makes you a five-star trainer. For example, if you're fighting um, champion Gary with his Pidgeot, Alakazam, Gyarados, Executor, Rhydon, and Arcanine, that's like five for Pokemon variety, five for move variety, uh, five for attacks. He's pretty aggressive. Only three for defense because obviously he's going to prefer just to wail you in the face, so on and so forth. So that can give you some variety between your trainers. And like I said, that's not set in stone. That can move up and down. So the, the, um, the Lionel Messi of this game is Cynthia, is what you're saying? Exactly that, yeah. Cynthia, as default, will be a five-star trainer. Um, but crucially, yeah, don't draft your champions. We'll get to champions in a minute. You only draft your 12 set-in-stone people. Um, right. I'm going to just have a quick read because there's a lot of text on this screen. So, <laughs> yep, that's we've covered that bit. Um, so here's the primary loop. Yes, I've even thought about game loops. Um, the primary loop, your overall goal, like I said, is to create the best Pokemon League in the world. Um, there are different success markers, and the, the three biggest ones you have to worry about are League Prestige, which is another five-star rating. Uh, this is calculated on several factors, including League Efficiency, trainer fame uh, the amount of high quality matches you have over the course of a year and tv revenue um the amount of high quality matches plays into that but it's also a pretty um important success marker uh, a match's quality will be decided by several under the hood factors like the amount of pokemon use how close the game was if a trainer has a significantly lower star rating than the person they beat and so on uh, etc each match will be given a thumbs up a thumbs down or a thumbs in the middle 
Uh, and then finally, TV revenue. If you have more thumbs up matches or gym leaders slash elite four members with high fame levels, you'll make more money in TV revenue. So that's kind of how we're going to gauge how good a league is overall. Uh, it will work on a season basis like football. Uh, you'll have transfer windows and all that, but we'll get to that in a moment. Right, league prestige. Let me get that over first. Um, so uh, one star, the, the, the main thing in the league prestige, the main thing that governs everything is league efficiency. This is how well your league deals with kind of funneling trainers through. See, this is what, what I, this want. is what I was wondering about because if you just have an incredibly like overpowered league, no one's going to get through the door. So is that exactly. accounted for in the mechanics? It is. What you want is a perfect funnel, basically, where you have the most amount of trainers challenging your first gym, but with a perfect league efficiency that will whittle down. Basically, one thirteenth of your trainers will drop off at each level. So by the time they get to your final elite four member, there's only the kind of the best of the best are challenging them. And the the primary loop of the game is to fucking nail that efficiency as close to 100% efficient as you can. Um, so you can do that through planning, but there's also random factors that get thrown into that that you're going to have to manage over the course of a season. Um, so a one-star efficiency mean a league is either letting way too many people through to the champion fight, so it's too easy, or far too few. So if you only get one person challenge your champion in the entire year, something's wrong there. Um, a three-star efficiency might mean you've got a difficulty curve that's out of sorts, so maybe you've got a really easy start, but then your fifth gym leader is a fucking brick shithouse that no one can get past, or is too hard early on. You've drafted too good of like you know the early trainers, and no one's getting past them to try and challenge the top one. Um, and a five-star efficiency is, like I said, literally a thirteenth of your Pokemon of your trainers drop off at each um, level. Um, much like a driving test center, you shouldn't want every trainer to succeed. You only want the right ones for the challenge to fight your champion. So, um, each of your trainers will be given uh, a, tra a fame rating on top of that, on top of their five-star rating. Uh, this ranges from unknown through local, national, continental, worldwide. Um, this increases the more high-quality matches they have and correlates with the base level of TV revenue that that trainer can bring in. Similarly, too many losses or low quality matches and their fame level will decrease. So Brock, for example, Brock, for example, would only be like a local level guy. Like if you know a lot about the Kanto region, you'll know who Brock is, but he's not really moving the needle. Whereas Lance would have like worldwide fame. Everyone knows who Lance the Dragon Tamer is. Um, TV revenue, um, like I said, each match will earn you a, a little bit of TV revenue. Um, the early gyms will always earn less because you actually think they're only being played on local TV. But in the later stages of your league and the champions fights, you'll obviously earn higher base levels of revenue. And that can be increased and decreased by, like I said, high quality matches, trainer fame, star rating, etc. Um, so what that all plays into. Now, there is a money aspect of this game because I thought you're probably going to have to do budgets. Um, if it's on casual, this will be pretty straightforward i wouldn't put too much emphasis on this because i think it's more fun about messing around and tinkering with the kind of efficiency of your league and the little nitty-gritty there to be worrying about money but if you're playing on full fat you will have to kind of keep an eye on your budget pokemon finance and pokemon <laughs> access <laughs> 
you say that like I wouldn't want to play Pokemon XL, but I would. <laughs> you know, it's, it's essentially what I've fucking created. Um, Brilliant. So you will earn money in two different ways. You have two revenue streams uh, streams of it uh, open to you. That is TV revenue and trainer registration. Uh, TV revenue is the one that gets added to your um, your account throughout the year, kind of progressively at the end of each month. You'll get some TV revenue, whereas trainer registrations arrive as a lump sum before the start of the season. So that will give you the bulk of the money you're going to have before the season starts to kind of, you know, redraft people, change your order if you gym leaders around and so on uh, and then t revenue is the kind of thing that keeps that topped up um you'll have to use this money to kind of hire your gym leaders your elite four you can draft reserve gym leaders um so so you can make quicker changes during the season than waiting for the next transfer window to come round. say if someone's really fucking up your third gym you can swap them out and put one of your substitutes in um but they all earn a wage you have to pay um there are you can do swaps with other leagues if you want to swap trainers with other leagues you can do loans to earn more income off you know charging loading feeds for them and so on um now what happens if you go bankrupt if you run out of money the <clears throat> pokemon bank will start to take over oh, your contract really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they're not using it anymore why can't we use pokemon that's, bank for another that's purpose? true that's true so if you run out of money they pokemon bank will come in and basically start buying up contracts a bit like monopoly they'll buy enough contracts until you are over the red line again and you're fine they will own those trainers contracts those trainers don't leave your league but you basically have until the next transfer window to earn enough money to afford them and buy the contracts back if you get to a transfer window the bank is free to do what it wants it is free to sell those trainers to whoever wants them so you might potentially lose some of your higher earners your elite four could be sold off without you really wanting them to do that's why you've got to keep an eye on money. Um, you can offer a prize money for your champion. You don't have to. You can either offer it for everyone who beats your Elite Four or becomes your new champion, or you can offer one big lump sum at the end for whoever is champion at the end of the season, um, and so on. Uh, you also do have some staff that you need to pay, namely your accountant, your trainer liaison, and your head breeder. But we'll get back to those in a little while. Um, hell. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We are on, just FYI, we are on page five of eight. So we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. Um, so trainers and champions, let's talk about them. So these are the NPCs of the situation. These are not the 12 people that you can directly hire in your league. Um, all trainers are randomly generated, uh, all through the uh, the creator trainer uh, inbuilt system. Um, and... Like I said, through progression, famous ones can be unlocked. You might be notified if you've, you know, you've passed a certain success criteria, and it'll say, just to let you know, uh, let's pick a random trainer from a random game. Maxi has challenged your league, mm. and you'll be able to plot his progress. Um, those that do well, so those that earn eight badges in at least one of the leagues, will be added to the trainer's register and won't be deleted. So basically, instead of having to create hordes and hordes of trainers that will just suck up memory, you only keep track of the ones that have been somewhat successful. Right. So basically, you'll be able to see, like, it'll, say you go and watch one of your team leaders. You can go and watch battles. It'll be on a pretty stripped-back version. It won't like look like the Sun and Moon battle engine. I'm probably pitching it around maybe, like, original Diamond and Pearl level of graphic fidelity. Maybe you know where to push. Kind of like how Smogon but, works, I guess. I don't know. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's perfect example. Yeah. Um, so it's not 
terrible. It's not like we're going back to red or whatever, but it's not the be. It's not what you're here for, basically, because you don't have any control over the battle. So why would you want it to be, you know, the thing you're pouring all the money into? You can go and watch them, and if you're watching like a low-level trainer, you'll just be watching. They'll they'll pick a random name, give him a headshot, and chuck some Pokemon out for your gym leader to fight. If they go past eight badges somewhere, either in your league or somewhere else, they'll get added to like the kind of Pokemon trainer register. And that's when they get kind of concreted into the game as a character that is a trainer for now and can carry on challenging leagues, but then also gets added to the pool of people you can potentially draft from when it gets to a transfer window if you want to add new people. Um, and that's how the, the famous trainers can be drafted into your league as well. Um, so... Basically, champions work differently from everybody else. They are the one person in your league structure that you don't um, have under contract. You don't pay them. What will happen is, if you start a new league with no champion, the first trainer to beat your final member of your Elite Four will become your champion. And they cannot be removed manually. You can't sub them out. You can't get rid of them. You basically have to wait for someone else to beat them. Because champion battles don't matter towards league efficiency. Once your Elite Four has been beaten, it doesn't matter. That You're basically just having a prize fight at that point. So it's only useful for TV ratings. And stuff so like that's that. where your pay-per-view comes in. <laughs> exactly. So your league has done its job. It has hopefully whittled down only to the select few people capable of challenging the champion. And therefore, it shouldn't really add to league efficiency if you've got some fucking... If Cynthia's decided to take a year off and batter your league to pieces, <laughs> it shouldn't then be fair that you're penalised for her beating everybody that beats your Elite Four, for example. Um, so, like I said, you can pay them. Each person who becomes champion, you can choose to pay, or you can have a big prize pot at the end of the year. Completely up to you. And then, basically, once the season ends, that champion then walks away from their position, and you will start again the next year. Uh, you can choose to try and hire your champion before they go and challenge somewhere else. That is completely up to you. You will have to ne negotiate. Champions do have, like, they can make demands. And if you don't want to meet them or if you can't meet them, you don't get to hire them. So you can't just immediately go out and, like, hire a fucking superstar team. There's there's checks and balances here to make sure no one league becomes so untouchably good that no one can beat them. Um, I think that's everything we need to talk about with champions. It is. Um, so... There's a few more things I need to touch on before I'm going to talk real quick about the secondary and tertiary loops, and then I'll kind of throw it over to a Q&A unless you're bored to pieces. I have one question so far, so oh. we'll hold it. Good, cool. Um, now, if you go to a gym in a Pokemon League, you don't just walk straight to the gym leader. There's trainers in there as well, gym trainers. How we're going to deal with those is um, the... Trainers that kind of work in the gyms are also randomly generated. You don't pay them. Uh, they are not under contract with you. They are under contract essentially with the, the gym leader. Um, but they also have no Pokemon of their own. They are paid... Um... Oh, sorry. No. The trainers are paid for by the league. That Each gym level will have a cost in line with its star rating. So the amount of fees you need to pay to the trainers in the first gym will be nowhere near as much as you need to pay to once in the eighth gym and so on. Um, and you, as the league, will have to provide the Pokemon for them. This is where your head breeder comes in and your kind of breeding program. Each league will have a breeding program um, run by a Pokemon, a league-controlled Pokemon ranch. Uh, league can hire up to 12 breeders, each with a specialised type. Um, they will produce a set of five Pokemon um, 
Leafs will have then say what level they want those Pokemon to ideally be at. Um, and then over the course of the season, the, the breeders will kind of create these Pokemon for you. For example, um, if you're in Kanto and you want uh, a rock Pokemon breeder for Brock's gym, um, you'd have to go out, look through, you know, go through the big list of all the Pokemon breeders that are available to hire and look for all the rock ones. And you might find one that says, right, the five Pokemon I can give you are the Golem line, the Gigalith line, the Lycan Rock line, the Rhyperia line, and the uh, Cradily line. You say, that's cool, I want you, but I don't. I want them to be suitable for one-star gyms. And then after a certain while, as long as it's a good quality breeder, they will come with you with one-star Geodudes and Rock and Rollers and the Leaps, etc. Um, if you then want to hire someone to cover Giovanni's gym, you'll find a ground-type um, Pokemon breeder who can do the Steelix line, the Excadrill line, the Claydol line, Crocodile and the Sandaconda line, and say, I want these to be suitable for a four-star gym. Um, Pokemon from one breeder can go to more than one gym. So, like I said, if you had the um, Claydol line, for a, you know, you've had it in mind for a ground-type one, but if you think, oh, but I could also use that as a psychic gym, you're free to do so. Um, and let me just have a quick look to make sure that's everything I want to do with... Um, if you then start, you can mess around with this. If you start sending a load of water Pokemon to, or sorry, uh, if you start sending a load of fire Pokemon to the rock gym, um, just to fuck with anyone who tries to get through there with a grass Pokemon, that's going to affect your efficiency. That's a bad idea. Um, also, if you're like running low on money because you've spent all of your money on your gym leaders, you're only going to be able to get lower quality breeders. These will either give you Pokemon that aren't of a suitable level for the gyms you want them for, or only ever give you Geodudes, stuff like that. So it's another way where balancing your budget is going to help because you don't want all your gym leaders to be mint, but to be fucked over with the gym trainers. Um, if you gain, like um, if you have too many Pokemon, you have a surplus of a certain type of Pokemon, you can sell them to other leagues to make a little bit of money on the side that way as well. This is something you have to constantly do because although the gym leaders Pokemon don't level up, the gym trainers will do. So eventually you're going to have to replace those trainer, those gym trainer Pokemon just for the sake of efficiency. Because otherwise they will start to get higher levels and start to increase maybe even past the star level of the gym leader. And that'd be bad. That's that one done. Right, we're nearly there for the primary loop. The only thing I want to talk about is other tournaments. Much like with football, where you can have international tournaments happen over the summer, you can get that here too. There's two, and they happen on alternating years. Uh, for one year you'll have the Champions Cup. Uh, this will be the final champions from the previous season of each league. We'll battle in an elimination tournament to crown the champion of champions. Uh, whichever league the champion comes from will receive a massive prize. Uh, then you have the Pokemon World Tournament happening on the alternative years. Uh, this will start as two leagues with five sets of the Elite Four members in each league. And it will basically be an Elite Four show up, showdown, basically. You'll get to pick which two gym, which two Elite Four members you want to battle in any given battle in that tournament bracket. And if they win, you will again get a load of money. That is the primary loop. I'll really quick touch on the two secondary loops. You can have a side career as a trainer manager, where instead of being in charge of the Pokemon League, you're in charge of the people that are challenging it. What will essentially happen is you will pick from that same pool of trainers a stable of trainers that you want under your control. And you will kind of train them to get them through the gym league system. Um, this can be done separately or in conjunction with being a league manager, but 
The only caveat is the trainers that you manage can't challenge your league because that's nepotism. And we don't want that. Um, so you could hire like unattached trainers that the game has randomly um, generated. Or you could have a stable of fucking Ash, Red, May, N and Silver and just absolutely piss the league. You will. <laughs> you can send them to like trainer boot camps to get them better at certain skills. That's how their stats will improve over the course of the game. Um, you can suggest which leagues to try. Uh, you can see which Pokemon they have. Um, and the selection will grow as they progress through the league system and kind of make suggestions over who they should choose. And this is the one where you can kind of help with the battle system. So basically, if you're seeing them challenge a gym leader, you can shout limited kind of opinions at them basically there's a feature in football manager where you can do all the tactics obviously but you can also do like shouts from the sidelines when you want to make quicker changes and suggestions to your players so you could shout like heal or switch to your trainers and it's up to them whether they want to listen to you and take your advice on board or not uh much like league management there's budgets there's contracts etc but that's the secondary league when you kind of you want a little bit something extra away from the pokemon league you have that option the tertiary loop, which is the kind of long goal of the game, is to basically become the ultimate league manager. Um, your first level of mastery will be getting a league with a five-star efficiency that gets crowned the best league of the season. You'll then want to kind of keep working on that to get stuff like you people from your league have won the Champions Cup and the World Tournament. You could then say, well, I want to be crowned the best champion for each region you know i want to go around each of the reasons manage each of them wants to become the best that they can be or you can kind of start with extra challenges there will be a challenge mode where you can start with very low budget short-term contracts that run out of the year star ratings that level up and down rapidly and so on that is everything i wrote down and that didn't take as long as i thought it was going to and still took far too long so I'll now open up to Q&A. You know how I said uh, that the Gods and Monsters... Sorry, not Gods and Monsters. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising was the most Darren Gutteridge game ever made. Oh, yeah. There's a new champion in that fucking ring. <laughs> there is, isn't there? That was incredibly detailed and very well thought out and only appeals to Darren Guttridge. <laughs> like, I don't deny for a second that I've built my own game yes. that only I would enjoy. Yes. Um, but there we are. Um, but I have questions, which is good. Oh, please go ahead. So, in terms of management games, I feel like the last one I played was Two Point Hospital, okay. which kind of introduced scenarios um, where, like, you know, obviously you're managing hospitals, like, oh no, a, a, a specific case of this has broken out, or a variant of this. Obviously, I, I, I don't play Football Manager. I don't know if you could have a problem where it's like, oh no, the weather is meant, it's impossible to actually get to your Elite Four location because it's up a fucking mountain or something like that. Would right. would random chance events that may affect the performance of your league be included in the game? I think so, because I think there is stuff in canon that you can add into that. So, for example, off the top of my head, you could have an outbreak of Pokewood. Or the evil, or the evil teams. Or the evil teams, exactly. You could have something where they've kind of infiltrated one of your gyms without you knowing. I feel like, because we, this does happen in Football Manager, there are scenarios you can start where, for example, you'll take over a team that is bottom at Christmas with low morale, and it's up to you to kind of turn them around and save them from relegation. Mm. 
you can start with a game, you can start with a team that has a very strict hiring policy for football players. So you can only hire people. There's one in real life, it's, I can't remember which one it is, where they're only allowed to hire players from a certain region in Spain and they can't allow anybody else. I think it's Athletic Bilbao. I might be wrong about that. But they literally have to only hire Catalonian football players and that's it. You could do something like that here. You could have, you know, one of your gyms is being infiltrated by the evil team. You don't know which one it is, but they're going to fuck up your team, uh, fuck up your league efficiency. You could have one where, you know, they swindle all the money out of your budget halfway through the season and so on. There will be certain things that you have to keep on top of. Because I was like, when I first wrote out the, the, the basics of this, I was like, well, wouldn't you just set everything up at the start and then just play the season? That'll get really boring if you're just watching the numbers tick by. So there would have to be certain levels of random chance put in there. So, yeah, Pokerus, budget concerns. Your trainer's getting a bit annoyed that they're not, you know, you've got a trainer. Let's say fucking Erica gets ideas above her station and she wants to be an Elite Four member. You said no, you're a two-star trainer and I want you to stay there. She might rebel and just start bringing out higher-level Pokemon that she has in her collection and start boosting her own star pair up you can then choose to either pivot and say okay well you've proven yourself welcome to the elite four you're going to replace Lorelei and then sub in a person at Erica's gym or you can punish her and live with the consequence of that gym trainers will have personalities that you need to balance as well so there would be I think I've wrote in here somewhere some of the ideas I had for what could be like things that would happen over the course of the season that you would need to manage so it isn't just like Literally, you finish the transfer season and the next thing you need to do active is the next transfer window. That's not good game design. But yes, there would be certain levels of random chance that would throw things off and the challenge would be overcoming them whilst also maintaining your league efficiency. Cool. Uh, My other question was, does the game ever go near legendaries? Hmm. I suppose it could. Like... Well, that's the thing. I think that would be a thing of, if you have a five-star trainer, basically you only want your five-star trainers to be the last two members of your Elite Four. Um, because otherwise they're just going to be too difficult for people to get past. So if you were playing Kanto, for example, you would want Agatha and Lance to be five-star trainers. Nothing stopping them from having legendaries. Like, you can't breathe them, obviously, but there's nothing stopping your elite four members from acquiring them or for you finding a trainer that has one so there was a geezer in the anime who had like a latios like he could turn up and absolutely like tear for your league be your champion and then the next season you're like fuck it want to join my elite four you'll go fuck yes i want to join your elite four so yeah i think there's room to put them in there there's room to put basically all pokemon into this because we're not doing the full 3d sprites of them we can put them all in here and there's nothing stopping you from having unless it doesn't make sense to the kind of canon so no one's having arceus for example but like the ones that there's like been confirmed there's multiple of like articunos and stuff like that you can have them fair enough and and that way you could have the ultimate percentile ratata come to the top of your league <laughs> oh imagine if there was a joey mod where he only had raticates but <laughs> they were so like perfectly balanced raticates that his pokemon variety would be one but everything else would be five, and he would just annihilate. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> See, there are ideas you can put into it. Yeah, that's going good. Um, exactly. I think I had. I feel like I had a follow-up question. Yeah. So, like, in, in terms of like your random events, could story events be put in? So, like, um, 
oh no, like the Elite Four has to shut down because the Elite Four have to go off and fight, you know, uh, mm. like Mewtwo has broken out of the cave or something like that. Is that something where like you're so like similar to, I guess, this is a guess because I don't play Football Manager, similar to your, yeah, one of your players is off with an injury. It's uh, Lance has got to go off to Goldenrod because the Red Gyarados has appeared or something like that. That could work. I think it has to be limited in scope a little bit because I'm only allowing them like three substitute trainers. But yeah, you could have a scenario where like, yeah, Lance goes and you're like, oh shit, the best I've got is like a three-star guy. Everyone's going to have to move up. This is going to fuck with my efficiency. I need him to come back sooner rather than later. You'd have to find a way of making that, like every league has to face the same level of difficulty. Because if it's all random... You could have the geese who's in charge of Kalos have none of these things happen to him. He builds the perfect league and walks it by default, basically, because nothing wrong happened to him. There'd have to be ways of, like, it's an inconvenience, but you have the skills, if you're good enough at the game, to work around them so it doesn't impact you too badly. It can impact you in the short term, but long term it's not going to completely ruin your game. And this is why I'm pitching it more as an eShop game than I am a full price game, because... I don't really want to put a story into this because that's not the... We have enough Pokemon games with story in them. I want this to be a much more straight and true management sim. I understand that Pokemon is a child franchise and maybe making a Pokemon management sim is not what they want. But it's what I want, so it's why I pitched it. <laughs> well, we could not have picked more cult games that identify us as people than what we've picked. Oh, God, no. Because I don't know anybody who plays Pokemon uh, Pokemon who plays Football Manager other than you. That's like, that's the niche of a niche. You know, you have to be into sport oh, yeah. games, which are already a thing, and then be into the, but what if I didn't play the sport in my sport game games? It is, yeah, it is removing the, the bit everyone likes about Pokemon, I guess, but I just, I just <laughs> like the pun so much that I thought I owed it to the world to do. Because we've never had this. This is the one genre they haven't touched probably for good reason but <laughs> i thought why not you know i'd play the shit out of this i think it, again if you get the price point right if it's 30 quid on the e-shop you might be like i'll give it a go i reckon i'd be a good pokemon league guy <laughs> po oh, pokeball manager that monitor oh. you have to say monitor it's in the content <laughs> it's in the riders of the people that you include yeah. in the league you know what? I'm just happy I kept that under an hour and a half because I was pushing that when I was doing it in like driving to work. Well, more accurately, driving back from work. The Aston Expressway gives you a lot of time to kind of speak out loud to yourself about Pokemon pictures. And that's what I did. And it would take me hours to do this. And that was without me chiming in with shit like fucking Joey Applin, so you know. Exactly, exactly. So I'm just happy that my league efficiency was pretty high there. Hey. I got through it pretty well. I'm just annoyed that the fucking Emperor Palpatine bit didn't work. That was the, that was the big show. That was the thing that was meant to blow you over. Oh, dear. Uh, right. Now, it's over to you. It certainly is. Uh, would you prefer to play uh, Pokemon Duelists, a warrior-style Musu game uh, featuring characters... Uh, and well, both and well, no. So say both playable Pokemon and trainers. Technically, yes, but you managed playing at the Pokemon with strategic um, inclusions from other genres. Or would you rather play Pokeball Manager? And you must say Manager because it's in the contract. A football manager style Pokemon League management sim 
on the eShop specifically, which which I, I like that you thought about your distribution as well. So that was quite good. Uh, there we go. The choice is yours, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please do let me know. Uh, or let Darren know that either of us have won, or of course you can uh, go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and these down Fowley and T. That's F O U L E N T, and you can pick your winner. You can, of course, go to my personal stuff, which is at that Mike Owen, and Darren's personal stuff, which is at the Guttridge, to let us know that you liked our ideas individually. And of course, there will be more pictures in the future. We've not done one for four months, so this one feels like like. I feel like we've sat on this idea for a bit too long. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe a tad. Well, we've got a few more lines in the fire coming up, so I don't think it'll be too long before Pidgey's come back. But thankfully, other things are coming back too. Um, we, we seem to have neglected the fact that we have a Marvel movie coming out in a week. Yeah, that's the thing. Shang-Chi is coming out on the 3rd of September, so we do need to be wary of that coming out. That snuck up on me. I feel like the world stopped when they heard the words, hello, Peter. So, you know. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about Spider-Man. I said to you, like, Alfred Molina hasn't aged today. Turns out he's got the aging stuff on him, so that's why he hasn't <laughs> aged today. <laughs> I was say, he, when he was in Promising a Woman, that was not the same Alfred Molina we saw. No. Exactly. So, yeah. But um, it is. It looks excellent. I'm much more excited. I admit the second Eternals trailer looked better. Yes, better. But, but it's still a Chloe Zhao movie. Better. Shang Chi's getting good reviews. So maybe we were wrong to date Marvel, even though it was only for a second, Kevin. We promised, but we were a little bit like, eh, <laughs> great. But there we are. Um, we also have Marvel What If rocketing on right now um for what some people think has been a bit of an uneven start i've liked both the episodes although admittedly i think episode two is better but some people really didn't like that first episode i don't understand that and i wasn't a big fan of the second episode so we're gonna have uh, differing opinions in the review and i'm looking forward to that excellent um and then yeah we have um i think that's it. free guy i'm still hoping to watch that um I've watched Jungle Cruise, Mike hasn't, but hopefully he will do soon. So plenty of movies for us to begin on with. And just a little bit of an update. Uh, they finally announced when Jurassic World Evolution 2 is coming out. It's coming out 9th of November. Boom. All good enough. And also, whilst we were recording this podcast, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn 2 got its release date. Oh, when is it's it? It's in February uh, next year. Oh, sweet. Okay, that's that's good and they've uh Thinking. they've pushed a 60 frames per second update to the first game on ps5 so hell yeah i presume that's cool that is cool honestly honestly i didn't think i'd become the frame rate snob i am now i really really am hopefully by the next time you hear us i will have touched the ps5 for the first time and I too will be. I'm well on my way to becoming a frame rate snob. Well, this I, is I it. The, it. The next episode will will be will be here. Will be in my location because you'll be out of uh, isolating. Be. Fingers crossed, eh? But in the meantime, plenty to be in on with. Uh, just a quick update. Albina losing six 0 with twenty minutes to go. So Jesus fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's what happens when you play the kids against a full strength Arsenal team. But don't worry, the league's going. <laughs> perfectly fine uh yeah do let us know your opinions over on our social media which one you want to watch and keep it tuned i said the word Mike. <laughs> you um, don't tune the internet keep bro. it keep it locked to feral entertainment for the next 
pitching Fantasyman.com, Fantasyman Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you pick your RSS feeds. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pitching Tents, and we will see you in the next episode, hopefully not in four months. Bye, everybody! Bye!